listening to WETF, the jazz station, South Bend, Indiana. My name is John Clark, and this is the Jazz Focus. So thank you for joining us. Hope uh, you're familiar with the Jazz Focus and uh, are enjoying what we're doing. We usually uh, focus in on some element of jazz recorded history. And today we're going to be listening to some music recorded by the great trumpeter Clifford Brown in a West Coast stint that was very well recorded in August of 1954. And he was out there at the time with the Clifford Brown and Max Roach Quintet, one of the great groups in all of jazz history. We're not going to be listening to any from that group, but uh, while they were out there playing in Los Angeles, uh, each of them got to record quite a bit with uh, some other pickup groups and um, slightly better than pickup groups, uh, like the one we just heard. And these were recorded for Pacific Records, uh, uh, produced by Dick Bach, who was a great patron saint of jazz on the West Coast. So we started out with a Clifford Brown tune called Tiny Capers. And follow that up with uh, I Found My Thrill on Blueberry Hill. And these were both done in August, uh, about August 12th or 13th of 1954, and featured a group that was a mix of West Coast and East Coast styles. Now, the distinction between West Coast and East Coast is kind of a fine one, and it's not even all that geographical. Um, a lot of West Coast uh, stylists were actually born on the East Coast, and a couple went the other way as well. Uh, we heard a group that was led, of course, by Clifford Brown on trumpet, and he was definitely an East Coast stylist, a very passionate, hot player, as opposed to the more laid-back uh, vibe of what we consider to be West Coast jazz. And he was uh, seamlessly integrated into this. The arrangements were done by a fellow named Jack Montrose, who was a tenor sax player. He was a, a white player, was born in Detroit in 1928, and uh, was a very good player, but was probably better known for his arrangements in this style. He was playing with the Art Pepper group at the time. He uh, did arrangements for Chet Baker and uh, Pete Jolly and uh, lots of different people. And and uh, these are very cleverly done arrangements. Some of them are a little overwritten in places, like Blueberry Hill, I think, which changes meter and tempo and uh, beat and all kinds of things back and forth. And you can hear some edits in there, so clearly the band had some trouble negotiating it and had to combine takes. But uh, some interesting music, nonetheless. So with Clifford Brown on trumpet from the, I guess you'd say, the East Coast contingent was Zoot Sims, the great tenor sax player. And he is a, a very uh, fiery, on-the-beat, swinging performer, not really of the West Coast variety, but had some very good solos, particularly in the first tune, Tiny Capers. On trombone, actually valve trombone, is a fellow who played valve trombone and trumpet from Vermont, but was known as a West Coast player, Stu Williamson, who played with Stan Kenton, Billy May, and uh, with quite a few groups out there as well at the time. 
Bob Gordon was on baritone saxophone. He was from Kansas, but he made his way out to uh, uh, the West Coast and the Pacific Coast and played uh, in a lot of these sessions. He unfortunately died not long after the session in a car accident. He was um, sort of in the style of Jerry Mulligan, uh, but um, very interesting solos as well as a good ensemble player. In the rhythm section, we have four or three West Coast players who were um, known to be... uh, satellites of the uh, Chet Baker School, I guess, also played at the Lighthouse and many of the different venues we associate with West Coast Jazz. We have Russ Freeman on piano, uh, Carson Smith on bass on this session. On the first session, which we'll hear in a minute, it's Joe Mondragon on bass, another West Coast player, and Shelly Mann on drums. So this group uh, came together in the recording studios twice in the summer of 1954. We just heard two tunes from August. Now we're going to hear two or three tunes from July. As I said, the same group except Joe Mondragon instead of Carson Smith. So we're going to hear Dahoud, Finders Keepers, Joy Spring and Gone with the Wind. And Dahoud and Joy Spring are Clifford Brown tunes. Finders Keepers is an original by Jack Montrose, who shouldn't be confused with another tenor sax player named J.R. Montrose, who very confusingly was also born in Detroit around the same time. He was known as a, as a sideman with the Charles Mingus band at different times. Um, but uh, this Jack Montrose is the arranger and not does not play on here. So those are going to be our four tunes for this next set, featuring Clifford Brown, who was born in 19... 19- Um, 30 in Delaware and uh, was a little bit of a slow starter for a great jazz star. We'll talk a little bit more about him and his biography in the next break. So our four tunes, Dahoud, Finders Keepers, Joy Spring, and Gone with the Wind.
some pretty classic West Coast jazz. As I said, that was kind of a misnomer in terms of the performers who were from all over, but it had that kind of laid-back, cool quality. A lot of that music was inspired by the Miles Davis Nonette, which recorded in 1949 for Capitol and was called The Birth of the Cool, and had uh, numerous different horns playing complementary and contrary lines, uh, not in the style of a big band with sections or anything like that, but more written out and composed, although with solos mixed in. And that's sort of the the genesis of the style we're hearing right now that Jack Montrose uh, arranged for this band. And Montrose said that he was uh, playing with the Art Pepper Band opposite or at the same time as the Clifford Brown Max Roach uh, quintet was playing in, in Los Angeles. And after hours, they would get together and run uh, some of Brown's tunes and figure out how to do the arrangements before the recording date. Brown had arrived in uh, California, I think, at the beginning of the summer. That's when the Brown and Roach uh, Quintet started playing out there. Uh, He also got married at that time to uh, LaRue. Uh, LaRue Brown was his wife for the rest of his life. As I said, uh, Clifford Brown did not live a very long life, sadly. Uh, But LaRue Brown said that these sessions impressed her because she knew his playing from uh, the Max Roach group, but also from some of the other things that he'd done in New York with Lionel Hampton and with... uh, J.J. Uh, Johnson and under his own name, which were very bebop oriented. And uh, she felt that this was a big switch for him, and she was amazed that he could adapt to this different rhythmic style. But uh, Clifford Brown always was up for a challenge. As I said, he was born in, in Delaware in 1930. Uh, he was playing with local Delaware and Philadelphia groups uh, in his late teens and early 20s. He went to, the, uh, to Maryland State for a while. He was a mathematics major. He was a remarkably clean-living musician for the time. He didn't do drugs. He didn't drink very much, and uh, he uh, was uh, destined for a very long and, and, and productive career. He was considered by this time, 1954, and even a little bit before, 52, 53, as one of the leading trumpet players in jazz. Um, unfortunately, uh, two years later, 1956, he was traveling uh, on the East Coast, uh, again, still playing with the Max Roach group, and uh, his car went off the road, and he and the piano player, Richie Powell, were both killed. And so he was only about 26 years old and uh, had lots more time to go, sadly, but uh, he did leave quite a few records. And the recordings that he made in Los Angeles or on the West Coast in August and July of 1954 are really quite remarkable. They have a huge range from the very cool West Coast style that we've been hearing to a jam session that we're going to hear coming up next. He also did uh, what came out as an album with Dinah Washington called Dinah Jams, where he was paired with uh, Clark Terry and Harold Land and many different players in a, in a jam session atmosphere, too. 
So we are going to hear right now the uh, or one of the two tunes that was released on the album called Best Coast Jazz. Of course, this was the beginning of the LP era, so now musicians could stretch out more. And rather than being confined to two or three or four minutes, as a 78 uh, would have been, you know, recording on a, on a 78 RPM record, now they could go 15, 20 minutes on a tune. So they could recreate the idea of a jam session after hours where they weren't uh, limited by the time. So this particular album, as I said, Best Coast Jazz, was recorded right about the uh, same time that uh, we heard the, um, the, um, the smaller group. And this band uh, consists of an interesting cast as well. Not too many carryovers from the other date. We have Clifford Brown on trumpet. We have Herb Geller and Joe Maini Jr. on alto sax. We'll talk about the difference there. Um, Walter Benton plays tenor sax. Kenny Drew is on piano, Curtis Counts is on bass, and Max Roach is on drums. And so these players uh, sat down and did two tunes. They did a blues called Coronado, which we're not going to be hearing today. And they did uh, the ballad You Go to My Head, which we are going to hear. And this goes on about 17 minutes. It goes um, quite a ways. Uh, musicians are uh, all allowed to stretch out and take a full chorus on a ballad here. Uh, I should mention this was August 11th of 1954, which was the day before uh, the first two tunes that we heard, and the last two tunes that we're going to hear. So this is You Go to My Head. It starts out with a very rubato, uh, out-of-time piano chorus by Kenny Drew, which leads into a series of solos by all the horn players. We'll talk about those after the break. And uh, ends up with a long Clifford Brown solo and melody chorus at the end. So this is You Go to My Head by, I think it was called, the Clifford Brown All-Stars.
That was the Clifford Brown All-Stars, uh, recording for Pacific Records in August, August 11th of 1954. And that was You Go to My Head, which featured in order Kenny Drew on piano, very uh, out-of-time, uh, soloistic version of the melody, followed by, I believe it was Joe Maney on alto sax, playing in a very Charlie Parker-derived style. He was uh, a mentee of Charlie Parker for a while in New York before he headed to the West Coast. On tenor sax, we have Walter Benton, who was not a very well-known player. He actually retired from music in the 1960s, we're told to be an insurance salesman. But he did quite a few uh, West Coast sessions during the 50s and into the early 60s. Then we had Herb Geller on alto sax, and he uh, was uh, a really remarkable player. Played in movie studios, uh, for soundtracks, television, uh, did many, many, many albums in the 1950s and 60s, primarily on the West Coast. Played some clarinet as well, but uh, was really known for his alto playing and also occasionally arranging too. Then we heard On the Way Out two courses by Clifford Brown, some very, very dramatic playing, much more of the East Coast variety, if you will, much more passionate and uh, dramatic in the sense uh, of uh, players from that uh, East Coast, like Dizzy Gillespie certainly, and even before that, Roy Eldridge, Louis Armstrong. So he really continued that tradition. So we hope you've enjoyed this program. My name is John Clark, and this is the Jazz Focus here on WETF, the jazz station, South Bend, Indiana. And we have two more tunes for you to uh, finish up this Clifford Brown West Coast program. We're going to hear the last two tunes that were recorded uh, for Pacific Records in August, August 12th or 13th of 1954. Uh, we're going to hear Bones for Jones, which was a Clifford Brown tune. And we're going to finish up with a second, shorter version of Tiny Capers, the same tune that we started the program with. is another Clifford Brown tune. And we're going to hear again Clifford Brown on trumpet, Stu Williamson on valve trombone, Zoot Sims on tenor sax, Bob Gordon on Barry. Russ Freeman, who was a, a, a well-known bebop pianist, uh, primarily on the West Coast, playing piano, obviously, and he did quite a number of albums, worked with, uh, I believe, Stan Kenton and a little bit with Woody Herman, did, did a lot of very high-profile playing in addition to club dates and so forth at the time. Then we're going to hear Carson Smith on bass and Shelly Mann on drums. And of all these players, Shelly Mann perhaps had the widest-ranging career of jazz. He started on the East Coast. He was... Uh, active before World War II. Uh, we did a podcast where uh, we listened to Johnny Hodges and some of his Sideman recordings in the 40s. Shelley Mann was on one of them uh, and given credit as being the leader along with the pianist Eddie Haywood. Uh, and then he uh, recorded with some of the bebop musicians, also some Dixieland musicians before heading out to the West Coast in the early 50s and becoming a real linchpin on the jazz scene out there. He recorded many, many albums with uh, lots of players, including Andre Previn, uh, who used him on a number of trio recordings as well. So the two tunes, again, that we're going to hear to bring us uh, out of the program and finish up our Clifford Brown tribute are, as I said, Bones for Jones and Tiny Capers. So thank you very much and hope you join us again next week. <laughs>
Thank you. 